Welcome to episode 10 of Emergency Medicine Operations Management, a production of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine. AAEM is a nonprofit professional association of over 8,000 emergency physicians committed to board certification and democratic group practice. In this episode, Dr. Josh Joseph, Director of Operations Research in the Department of Emergency Medicine at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center and member of the AAEM Operations Management Committee, speaks with Dr. Stephen Traub, Chairman of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Mayo Clinic Arizona, about using a rotational patient assignment method in the emergency department instead of traditional methods, covering both the advantages and challenges of this approach. My name is Josh Joseph, sending physician in emergency medicine over at Beth Israel Deaconess and our head of operations research. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Steve Traub from Mayo, Arizona. Steve, can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Steve Traub. I'm the chair for the Department of Emergency Medicine here at Mayo Clinic, Arizona. I've been here for about eight years. In addition to being the department chair, I also have a passion in emergency department operations and have had the good fortune to be able to try some pretty successful, what we believe to be some pretty successful things here, and happy to to talk about them and share them with you. Tell me a little bit more about what your department is like. Is it community? Is it academic? What's kind of the mix like there? We're currently a 37,000 visit emergency department. We're in a, what you would refer to as either a high tertiary or a quaternary care organization. We see a lot of transplant patients. We see a lot of cancer patients. And our emergency department population tends to skew along those lines. We do not have an emergency medicine residency program. We do have residents from other from other services who rotate through the department. They see total probably of about 5% of our patients. But for the most part, we function operationally more like a community emergency department than like, in, like one at an academic center that has a residency. Kind of like a community med center, but with a lot more in terms of available resources, maybe specialties, and potentially a more medically complex patient population than average. Yeah, I would agree with that. So part of what I wanted to ask you about is you wrote this study in uh, Annals of Emergency Medicine on emergency department rotational patient assignment. That's correct. What is rotational patient assignment? For most emergency departments that... For most community emergency departments, the focus in terms of how physicians pick up patients is based entirely on when the physician believes that he or she is ready to pick up another patient. And there could be a number of reasons why physicians do or do not pick up patients, many incentives or disincentives. So whether you're being paid by the patient, whether you are being held strictly to productivity metrics, all these things are going to change how quickly physicians pick up patients. But what we tried in our emergency department was rather than trying to make sure that people had incentives to pick up patients, we actually decided to invert the traditional relationship between doctors and patients. Whereas in many departments, you have one central rack where there are charts and physicians pick up the patients when they're ready. We changed that dynamic such that pretty much as soon as a patient registers in the emergency department, they get assigned to a physician. So it's now that physician's responsibility to move that patient through their emergency department stay. How does the rotation work? Are we talking there's some dice or a computer, you know, random number generator, or is it very strictly, I got the last one, now it's on you? Definitely more of the latter. We 
for many operational reasons, a randomization of patients to doctors, although it would be a dream for research, randomization of patients to doctors really wouldn't work because what if we're in double coverage and I get randomized four patients in a row and you get nothing? That's not really fair. So what we have is we have a computer algorithm that as soon as, essentially, as soon as you come in to your shift, you're assigned four patients in a row so that you get a lot of, you get the majority of your work at the beginning of your shift. And then you go into a strict rotation with the other physicians. So it's one doctor, then another doctor, then the third doctor, if you're in triple coverage. And then it goes back to the first doctor, the second doctor, the third doctor. And this is all the computer algorithm is blind to age, sex, emergency severity index score, or how much work you think the patient's going to need in the department. So again, definitely very even in terms of here's somebody new, they're getting balanced immediately. Is there any like balancing at all in terms of acuity? Like I could kind of imagine a worst case scenario where I don't necessarily get four patients in a row and my partner gets zero, but maybe I get somebody who's got liver failure, she's got somebody with an ankle sprain, I've got somebody with pneumonia, she's got a wound check. Is there balancing or, or do physicians have the ability to say, hey, you know, I'm really getting steam rolled here, can you help me out? There is no built-in balancing within the computer algorithm itself. What we agreed when we implemented this was that if a physician, because many people had the same voice, the same concerns that you just brought up, what we said was, if people feel like they are swamped, we can trade patients with one another. But what we found is that that almost never happens. Once physicians have the work in front of them, they just do the work. And there are certain circumstances where if you get pulled into a really long code, one of your partners will pick up a patient for you or make sure that your patients have orders written on them. So we do watch each other's backs, but for the most part, that trading almost never occurs. Okay, so there's some, there is a provision or the ability that in the event all hell breaks loose, you can work with it, but you're finding that that's a very, very rare event. It is, and I think part of the reason is that at the end of the day, if nobody trades their patients, then everybody has seen the same type of patients over the course of the year. It can be very difficult on a day-to-day or even an hour-to-hour basis. One of the terms that one of our staff members coined here was that the system is mercilessly fair, and I would agree with that. So how did that work out in practice? Was there a big change? Unbelievably well. So what we found was we had an improvement in essentially all of our operational metrics that we looked at. Our length of stay went down by about 11%. Our left without being seen rate and our complaint rate got cut in half. We had a dramatic decrease in arrival to provider time, which is not really, to be honest with you, not really my favorite metric. I'm much more of a length of stay person than I am a arrival to provider time person, but our arrival to provider time dropped by a good amount as well. And we actually, to the extent that we could, we looked at a countermeasure, which was returns to the emergency department within 72 hours. I, I don't believe that that is an absolute marker of ED quality, but I do believe that there may be some value there. When we looked at it, we found that our rate of 72-hour returns and 72-hour returns with admission did not change at all. Where do you think the the slack was picked up? So one of the things that we found was that we had more operational gains during our busy month than in our slow month. My feeling is that I think that all ER physicians, all emergency physicians, 
really want to do the best that they can. And it's a balancing act of what kind of quality and time they can spend with the patient that's in front of them and what do they need to do to help keep moving the department as a whole forward. I think that, in, at least in my experience in doing this for about 20 years, sometimes you can get focused on the trees and you, you miss the forest and the emergency department sort of backing people up into the waiting room and you don't notice that as much because you're busy dealing with the patients that are in front of you. What rotational patient assignment does really, quite frankly, is it gives each individual physician in the department a little bit of situational awareness as to what the whole department looks like, precisely because you're getting more patients. So nobody looks up after a couple hours and says, what happened to the waiting room? Everybody knows in real time that the waiting room is growing because they've, they're already starting to feel their number of patients go up. And I think what that does is just helps people manage time perhaps a little better. At the end of the day, to be honest with you, even if it's a black box, for us, the black box really worked. So now that you are a little ways out from when you first implemented this, has anything changed about the way you guys use rotational patient assignment or have any of those gains that you guys saw initially changed, either gotten better or kind of reverted to the way they were? Like, how, how is the system working now that we're a little further out? Yeah, so great question. We've only really made two changes in the way that we have used this system. The first is that initially we gave people three patients at the beginning of their shift. Now we give them four because we felt that that was just a better way to sort of allocate the work when people have the most bandwidth when they come into the emergency department. And the second is that we have a group operating culture that really discourages sign-outs. We used to shut people off 90 minutes before the end of their shift. What we found is that when that happened, people were still staying way over to finish up. So we changed that number to two hours. We really have made almost no other changes over the four or five, five years now that this has been in progress. We have had persistent gains without really any active management. And we just published our results for the second, third, and fourth year of rotational patient assignment. And our results are pretty much as good now in terms of maintaining those gains as they were the first year out. I mean, obviously, you're not just an administrator. You're a practicing doc, and you've practiced in a couple of different settings. Are there ways of managing a rack either with a rotational assignment or kind of more traditional approaches that you feel have like distinct advantages? Alternatively, do you think that some methods may be better for different types of places? So I think a lot of it just depends on the philosophy that the group has. And quite frankly, some of it comes down to compensation. At Mayo Clinic, we are a strict salary model. We do not have bonuses for productivity. We don't have productivity as any part of our compensation. So every physician gets paid based on a stepwise analysis of their years of experience. Every physician gets paid the same. So if you're a physician who's been here for seven years, you're getting paid exactly the same as every other physician who's been here for seven years. If that's the case, how do you balance differences in productivity? If you're paying everybody the same, it to me logically follows that everybody should be doing the same amount of work. And rotational patient assignment helps align the compensation that people are receiving with the work that I would I would argue they should be doing. Now, you could throw that away entirely. I have worked in fee-for-service systems 
where it's completely eat what you kill, I do not think that that is necessarily any better or any worse than what we're doing now. But the nice thing in a fee-for-service system is that each individual physician can titrate the amount of work that he or she wants to do over the course of a shift with what they want their compensation to be. So if they work less, they just don't get paid as much. If they work more, then they get paid more. So you're really balancing work and, and compensation. My personal bias is, quite frankly, I think that probably the more efficient way to do it is to pay people either a fee-for-service or give them some component for productivity because then people who can see a few more patients or conversely would be more comfortable seeing a few less patients, they can find their sweet spot. I force everybody into the same sort of into the same category. and I kind of enforced uniformity even though we know doctors are different. That having been said, that enforced uniformity for us is both fair based on our method of compensation and also is has has led to dramatic operational gains. Given that you guys, it sounds like, are definitely going forward with the system, are there any changes that you guys are thinking of making or alternatively, any changes you would like to be able to make, like stuff that you maybe would like to do in the future but isn't necessarily feasible now? Yeah, I, I would like to more closely mimic the natural rate of patient acquisition for emergency physicians. And I know that uh, you at Beth Israel have taken a look at this and the rate at which physicians pick up patients over the course of their shift. We, we can't, we don't mimic that right now because we give people a whole lot at once and then slowly drip them in over the course of the shift, where it's probably be more effective to give them to make it even more complicated, like, you know, four initially, and then the next time you come up, you get two, and then the next time you come up, you get two, but then near the end of your shift, you'll get skipped so that you can continue wrapping up your patients. I'd love to see something like that. I think one thing that would be really interesting is what if we had a way to put predicted emergency department work for every patient into the algorithm, so you leveled it off, so it stayed fair but you remove the merciless piece of it in terms of what you can see with an absolute rotational assignment. One final question I'd have for you is there's a lot of different, you know, kind of practice models that are changing throughout the country and sometimes trying to get people to change their practice is really hard. Even if you have good data, Um, if somebody's looking to start trying to, do a rotational assignment in their shop, you know, what are the ways that you think you can kind of convince your colleagues that this might be a good idea? So I think what you need to do is you need to overcome the concern that people are going to get swamped and patients are going to get hurt. I think that that's a very valid concern and it just didn't, it didn't show up at all when we've done this. And I've talked to a couple of other physicians at different organizations who've, who've attempted this and they did not find that patients were getting hurt or that doctors were getting swamped either. Change is difficult, and I think that what you need to do is look to see what are the problems that you're having, and then ask yourself if rotational patient assignment is a solution to those problems. If you have fee-for-service physicians, rotational patient assignment is not the answer to your problems. I don't know what the answer to your problem is, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to be rotational patient assignment. I think, you know, the adage of emergency department and 
emergency department operations is one, when you understand operations at one emergency department, you understand operations at one emergency department. Every emergency department is different, but I'm happy to give you my contact information. It's trob.steven at mayo.edu, and I'd be happy to start an email conversation with anybody who's thinking about this. Steve Trob, thanks very much. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine. For more information about AAEM, please visit our website, www.aaem.org. There, you can find all issues of Emergency Medicine Operations Management and other podcast series underneath resources and then publications. Join us again next episode as the AAEM Operations Management Committee will discuss another topic of importance for emergency physicians.